Welcome to At The Counter One Shots, the podcast that takes the nerdy questions and discussions held at the counter of your local comic book shop and brings them to the internet. And for the record, we're, we're sorry. sorry. I'm Marcus Antea. And I'm Christian Kenty. ATC One Shots take all the fun and geekery of the full podcast and puts it into bite-sized chunks. All right, today's topic is non-game games, or games that really aren't <laughs> games that should be played by anybody. It turns out that a lot of children's games that we play uh, as kids or with kids really aren't games at all. They're kind of an activity or something that just doesn't doesn't teach you anything, doesn't teach you any strategy, how to play a game. They just are what they are. Yeah, and I, I will put this point on. I love playing games with my kids. Uh, you know, and even the – I mean, I've got – you know, AJ's six and Charlotte's four um, at the time of this recording. <laughs> For posterity. <laughs> but, uh, you know, playing games with my kids, because it's something I do for a living, I love playing games with my kids because I learned so much coming up with board games in the house. But we didn't really have, to my memory, much of what... I mean, we may have had some of these, but we didn't go to them. Like, they were not games that, as yeah. kids, we wanted to play. We always leaned into things that had a little bit more strategy to them and things like that. Um, and if we had games that were too simple, we complicated them beyond belief. <laughs> yeah, there's a certain point where that takes place. But we're talking about the games today that just really aren't games. And it bugs me how popular some of these are. The, the first on my list, I mean, we'll jump right in. Yeah. The first on my list is Hungry Hungry Hippos. Hungry Hungry Hippos is not a game, it's a toy. It is a toy. There is actually no skill involved in this game. Um, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll start out with this. I'm not saying if you enjoy these things that you're a bad person or you're wrong. This is an opinion on our part as people who play games a lot. I don't understand why they're so popular. Um, there are also things that we're not going to choose to sit down and play exactly if we have any choice in the matter. Well, and, and because for me, there's always a return on investment in games. There are games that on my, you know, sitting on my shelf, I could probably turn around and point a few out that I would not go to and pick out. But if somebody really wanted to play, I'll play it. Right. These are games that I will fight people on. <laughs> I really, really, we really shouldn't. <laughs> no, 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 we shouldn't. <laughs> hungry, hungry hippos is an activity. It's yeah, it's just it's whack, 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 whack. There's no skill. It's just however the the marbles roll around and get into the mouse. That's it. There's no it's chaotic, skill. It's chaotic physics. Yeah. There's no way to predict an outcome. No. There's no way to affect an outcome. If you think you have a hungry, hungry hippo strategy, you're wrong. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> There's, it's not how this works. Uh, <laughs> it's another one that similar to that that I would count as a toy and not a game is Rock'em Sock'em Robots. That is Absolutely. also you just whack, whack, whack till something <laughs> happens to land and, doom, and oh, I, I won. That one in particular <clears throat> kind of towed a line between toy and game because it's built like a toy. Yeah. But it plays like a game. Right, kind of. it has the competitive atmosphere of a game, but it's built as a toy. Yeah, um, and so I would lean Rock'em Sock'em into toy. I would not, you know, when we categorize things in the store, I definitely wouldn't put it in the game section. Yes, um, it would be in the toy section. Right? Yeah, um, you know, probably behind glass, out of reach because they're expensive. Uh- <laughs> 
I, now, see, now tying back to our Christmas one, I'm, I was just thinking of the teacher's party in um, Santa, Santa Claus, Claus 2, 2 yeah. where they get a rock and sock and robots, where they get toss across, which toss across actually is a game. Yeah. But a bunch of other things that I looked and saw and went, wow, that's, yeah, those aren't games. <laughs> <laughs> Second on my list is Trouble. And this, this comes around to the the Parchesian game. I yeah, think we're, we're coining phrase now. We're coining a phrase. The Parchesian era of gaming. Uh, Parchesi is a game that comes from India. Yeah. And however, when it came to North America, they took that base game and slapped a whole bunch of different names on it. And We did what corporate America does, and yeah. we monetized it so you could have... It, <laughs> I'm going to break break some hearts here. If you have Trouble, Aggravation, and Parcheesi on your game shelf, guess what? You have three of the exact same game on your shelf. Yeah. You paid for it three times. <laughs> Parcheesi is the original version. Aggravation is the dumbed down is not the yeah. right word, but the, the lesser it's, version. Yeah. And Trouble has the Pop-O-Matic Bubble, yeah. which was a great innovation. As far as it goes, yeah. but there's no skill involved to Parcheesi at all. You push the button or you roll the dice and you do what the dice says. There's no strategy other than maybe which one of your things you want to choose, yeah. but even that's fairly arbitrary. Yeah, yeah. It, the the only point in which that has any consequences when you're at a, well, we're going to send you back to start, but that really it's not. Yeah. You know, that's for me. That's not a big enough strategy to call it a game. All right, what do you got? Let me think you here. You discussed now. a couple of uh, card games. Uh, yeah, card-based games the, that are uh, like, for instance, uh, War. Yeah, War is not a good game at all. It's not a game. It's not a game. It's pure <laughs> luck and see who gets it. It's now, an there's, exercise. There's a competitive <laughs> urge. It's really good for teaching kids numbers. Yep. Absolutely. So it's a great activity. Which makes it a teaching tool. It's a teaching a tool, not a game. Yeah. Now, games can be teaching tools. Yes, but, <laughs> but not always. In this in this case, I, yeah, I would agree with you on that. It's not a game. Uh, it is an exercise in flipping cards over and yeah. reading them. <laughs> and learning how to shovel. Uh, if, I, I would go as far as saying, you know, math flashcards are more of a game than war, war is. <laughs> Yeah, you're still you're, you're doing the exact same thing, but it requires some skill of knowledge, some thought, and <laughs> competitive to if you're racing against other people to get the question right. There's, there's the next game on our list of publishing. <laughs> it's Math Flash. Math Flash. <laughs> um, yeah, except none of the millennials will get it. <laughs> uh, what do you times, mean I have to do math in my times head? table game? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> so yeah, so what any do you mean of those, I'm not allowed to use a calculator. <laughs> Card games uh, that do not require skill. I would put Solitaire into that category. Solitaire is not a game. Solitaire is a time waster. It's something to do when you've got nothing better to do. Because there's almost no skill. There Actually, there is no skill. Other than deciding which king to use and moving things around, it's luck of the draw. Literally, I I would find solitaire again. It's it's an exercise. Yeah, I give it a little more respect because I would actually sit and play solitaire if I'm bored enough. Right, uh, but it's not a game if you do it by yourself for the most part. For the most part, it, 
it's an exercise that really I, I somewhat enjoy because it will get your brain working. Um, so if you need that kickstart, a good game, a good round of solitaire will actually kickstart you. But to sit down and be like, let's play solitaire. Mm. I mean, that's, yeah, it's where you open it up on your computer when you've got nothing else to do. Yeah. You're sitting on a call, waiting, being bored, and that's fair. There's many yeah, other no, games. It's very much actually in um, in survival packs for the Canadian military. They now put a deck of cards in there. So if you're lost in the woods, you start playing solitaire. Within five minutes, some jerks over your shoulder going, "Hey, you missed the Red Queen on the Black King." <laughs> Saved. So, all right, what else we got? Candyland. No offense, parents, but Candyland not a game. Gar- Candyland, Candyland is, is an exercise. It's an activity. It's learn you, to follow instructions. Yep, you flip a card. You move that many spaces. There's not even Done. a dice roll to to <laughs> work with. Um, now, Candyland came out of a time where games were in their infancy. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, board games were not widely popular, and they were gaining popularity. And so having something... Candyland was kind of the first board board game, quote-unquote, that was designed <laughs> specifically for children um, who didn't need to have the skill of reading numbers yeah. or you know understanding strategies. So it, it is exactly what it's intended to be. Um, but when I'm talking games, good God, don't make me play Candyland. <laughs> I, I, we've talked about it before. Um, there is a, a version of Candyland, kind of, called Mr. Bacon's Big Adventure. Now that's a game. Now that's a game. <laughs> it's the exact same game. However, there are meat rules that you have, you can play with. I think the meat rules technically turn it into a sport. Yeah, it it becomes an endurance match at that point. Um, The short form is when you land, instead of having different candies, it's all kinds of different meats, hot dogs, corn dogs, salamis, olive loaf. loaf. (laughs) And when you land on a square, you have to eat a piece of that meat. When you get there, if you land on a name, there's, there's rules. But basically, it's charcuterie in game form. This particular game is the exact reason why I would never go up against you in like a find a thing, yeah, <laughs> find the object uh, competition because he walked in and just into our stock room, which we're sitting in right now, and is more of a mess than it normally is. But he walked into uh, the stock room and there's a pile of games there. He says, oh my God, you have Mr. Bacon. And I was like, how in the world <laughs> did you pick this out <laughs> among a stack of like 20 games that was sitting there yeah. and other things? I'm, I'm pretty good at stuff like that. And so. it was just a snap of the fingers too. It wasn't he was sitting in the room a while and caught it. it in the door. Yeah, I oh opened the door, God. I looked up, and it was right there. <laughs> Drew me like a beeline. Um, so that is a Candyland that can be played because it's... It it's, takes it up a notch. takes right? it up a notch, and uh, it makes it fun. And if you have to go the go back to start, you got to go down Vegan Alley, and you got to eat oh. vegan versions of the meat so it's more Jeopardy because yeah. they're horrible. Yeah. Oh. But anyways, uh, I was going somewhere. Oh, um, I was going to say... Not the first one, uh, game-wise, for children to do that thing. The first one I was going to qualify, which is also an activity and not really a game, is uh, Snakes and Ladders. Yeah, I was just thinking about the same thing. Okay, Snakes and Ladders. There are many versions of why Snakes and Ladders occur. Yeah. 
the version I'm aware of is it was originally used as a teaching tool in catechism classes, I think in the Anglican Church, coming starting in the 1700s. Every ladder was a virtue and then a reward at the top, and the snakes were a sin or a vice Mm -hmm. and a consequence. And that is why Snakes and Ladders makes its way from bottom to top on the board as well. Correct. Um, because you're climbing your way to heaven. Yes, <laughs> it goes from yeah. mortal to heaven, and, and the sins drag you back down away from heaven. So that's that's how the game was designed. Now, there are other, there are other uh, theories of where it came from or other stories of where it came from, but from a lot of the old boards that I've seen, they all have, especially the ones that have England, they all have um, <clears throat> uh, virtue, reward, vice, consequence. Well, now, and, and most of <clears throat> most of the earliest versions of publicly sold board games were just that. They were religion teaching tools. Yes. Uh, for the Anglican or the, the Roman Catholic Church, they use these as ways of teaching the rights and the wrongs and, you know, trying to put you in your place. <laughs> and, and that was a big thing. Um, and Milton Bradley was actually one of the first people to kind of skirt around that. Yeah, but they, by turning the snakes into shoots, as in slides... It became a fun thing. Oh, we climb up, oh, we slide down. And it took all the knowledge and learning out of it. Like, whether the learning is useful or not, Snakes and Ladders was a teaching tool. It became a quote-unquote game, which is completely useless. It has no redeeming features. It's roll a dice, move, roll a dice, move. There's no anything on it. And you just, oh, I hope I don't hit that, or oh, I hope I don't hit that, and... Yeah, my uh, my comment to be uh, more precise, Milton Bradley was the first person to, in games in general to skirt around religion uh, for games and actually just be like, well, we're going to make something else, um, which was life, actually, which is the checkered game of life was the original right. terminology on it. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, Parker Brothers came That's a whole other thing. Uh, Parker Brothers came in and made... Monopoly. No. There was a different thing, and I don't remember what it is, and it's going to bug me until I remember it. Anyways. Not Payday. Uh, no, it was, I don't remember the exact thing. It's I know there was something that was – he did a bunch of small games at first. And right. It, but it, Parker Brothers' original concept was fun. It was not learning. It was we're going to have a good time. Right. Um, which was a big switch. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Totally aside from what so, we're talking about. Anything else on the list? Uh, we got Go Fish on the list uh, just to discuss it because there is uh, – Go Fish is one that could be seen either way. There is a certain bit of strategy sometimes um, because you can – I mean more or less card count. <laughs> if, if somebody calls for a four and you didn't have one, then you draw one and now you can call for a four because you know they have a four. Yeah. There is – there is the smallest modicum of strategy involved, and so I will put that one firmly on the line. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's 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 probably the first game that that you teach kids that crosses that line from just activity into potential game, yep. having to think about what you're looking for and listen to what's going on, and um, but it's right on that edge. 
What uh, we'll throw this on the end here. What was your favorite game to play with your kids when they were my age, or not my age, my kids' age? <laughs> no, my age. They haven't got there yet. Your kids aren't. <laughs> my kids aren't at your age. I'm not that freaking old, you jerk. Um, so at six and four ish in that early stage, under under seven. I honestly don't remember. To be fair. Um, we did a lot of activities. We we didn't do a whole lot of board games at home with the kids. I don't think, because my kids all have ADD and getting to sit still for two seconds to play a game is even now is tricky. My one son just wants nothing to do with it. He won't sit and play a game unless he's sort of peer pressured by family to do it, yeah. um, or by circumstances. He doesn't choose to come play a video uh, a board game with us. Um, however, when they got older. Anything was fair game. We played Catan yep. to get the kids into that concept of you know world building, and uh, we did we did play a lot of uh, Car- uh, Carcassonne. I okay. was right the first time. See, we're we're thinking about starting to introduce that one soon. Um, again, six and four is a bit tough. Four especially is a bit tough for Carcassonne. There is um, a Carcassonne think, for kids, think, though. I know. I, I don't like pandering. Well, uh, no, but it's not pandering. It's time, so. simplifying the rules so that you don't get to the end of it and you're like, okay, well, how many people are in this field? And, yeah. you know, it's worker placement 101. Yeah. Our our big one right now is Uno. My kids love Uno. Yeah, we play and, a lot of and Uno. And I have too. A, a huge respect for Uno. I didn't used to think much of it when I was younger. It just annoyed me. Um, but we have a good solid set of house rules too, which apparently are house rules. <laughs> I just always knew them what, as how the game Two worked. stacking? Well, yeah, multi-stacking uh, numbers apparently is not allowed uh, <laughs> by the natural rules of Uno. I didn't know that. That's the way we always played. We always multi-stacked. Yeah. So you can play four if you got four fours. Play them all. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess that's not a thing. Uh, the reason is because that is a rule for Crazy 8s. Yeah, and uh, Uno is based on Crazy Eights, but they made changes. The, not only can you not stack, you can't, you can't stack in succession. Yeah. If I put down a plus two, you can't put down a plus two, make the next person pick up four. You can't do See, a plus two. See, that's half the fun. And of that's the game. half the fun. That's, yeah, that's exactly. The, that's where the strategy actually comes into the game. I would dare say, by its actual rules, Uno plays really close to that line. Yeah, by rules is written. But with the house rules we play with, we love it. Uh, and we actually got the kids a version of it for Christmas called Uno Flip. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you've played Uno Flip. I haven't, but I've seen it. Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. So you get the light side and the dark side, right? And so the flip back and forth, which just throws a monkey wrench into the whole thing. Because the minute you think you've got your end game lined up, somebody hits a flip and you're all screwed. <laughs> See, I enjoy those it's ones got where the you plus have... fives and the other things, right? I've, I've got a copy of Dose and I have never played Dose it. Dose drives me nuts. I, I oh, we got a copy for, for AJ because he loves math. And I realized this was a bad idea because I hate doing math in my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all he wanted to play was Dose because we're so into Uno and he loves math. And we're like, yes. Dose. It hits him where he wants. Oh, crap. We have to play this with him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've tried to play it. I, so, I couldn't wrap my head around oh, it, so I gave up. I was it like, was eh. just, it was, it, it felt too much like it was forcing me to learn. 
and it's simple math, so it's not actually that big of a problem. But I just when I'm playing a game, I don't want that. Oh, I'm gonna hit you where Especially it hurts. Especially a game with that, you know, that kind of thing. So Uno Flip kind of hit me in that sweet spot where it's like, yes, this is fast paced. I can get the same gameplay out of Uno, but it takes it up just that extra bit. Um, I'm gonna hit you where it hurts. Okay. I want to know if this this is probably on the line, maybe a little below, because it's competitive, but it's completely random, and there's almost no strategy involved. Yes, Monopoly is not one of my favorite nope, things. Nope, not that <laughs> Monopoly. There's a lot of strategy Monopoly along with the luck. No, I said I'm going to hit you where it hurts. Dutch Blitz. Dutch Blitz is See, Dutch simply Blitz requires, Dutch Blitz does not require strategy as much as it requires speed, skill. Uh, <laughs> speed and skill. Recognize and and build. And, and I will definitely put those on. It won't toe the line on on game not a game, because um, for me the game not you know when we look at the list we had here, hungry hippos, trouble, all that. There's no skill, strategy, or anything right. involved in it. It's all luck based. Right, and you could sit there and play the game by yourself and have the exact same outlook, right, right? or outcome to the game. Dutch Blitz takes it to a whole different level because it is not a strategy-based game. No, there's no time for strategy. <laughs> you have to be fast and you have to be observant, right? And so the only little bit of strategy involved is making sure you're watching your numbers, right? And you got to strategize where you're reaching. But even that, it's mostly reaction. Yeah, right. If your reaction time is good, you can play Dutch Blitz yeah. well, right? It's there's a reason I have a hard time ever wanting to play this with my cousin Marley. My cousin Marley is the fastest Dutch Blitz player I've ever seen, and it frustrates me. <laughs> um, I don't mind losing. I'm not a sore loser. I don't think I'm a sore loser. You've played enough games with me, and I've lost a good amount of them. I don't whine that much about losing. Not I get that frustrated much. at when I had something going, and then it all comes apart. But I don't care. I, I respect when people play a good game. Yeah. Right? But Dutch Blitz, when I lose at Dutch Blitz, I get salty. <laughs> and I think it's because it's that speed element. Because a lot of times when I play it, I am the fast guy at the table. But when I play with Marley, I can't even get numbers out on the table, man. <laughs> like, she is using me 10 ways from Sunday. <laughs> so. Well, I just learned how to play. And I'm, I've taught a few other people. And I'm relatively quick. but yeah, we, yeah, haven't, we haven't played that No, we've not. <laughs> We may have to pull that one out for a couple rounds later. Uh, all right. Well, all right. That wraps uh, this one up. Put a bow on it. Uh, we'll Hawkeye take her to the joke again. If you, <laughs> if, you have, uh, if you have games on your list that are not games, looking at your shelf feeling ashamed, go ahead and put it in the comments and we'll be happy to see those and maybe even talk about them. Well, that question has been asked and answered, but we still need more questions. So please send any of your nerdy questions to Christian at frugaldutchman.com or join us on Facebook at TFDATC. That's the Frugal Dutchman at the counter. So join us next time for more thoughtful answers to pointless questions and we'll see you at the counter. counter.